0: Hey everyone, you are tuning into Frida's World Podcast, A platform where women of color can have open, honest, and candid discussions about our experiences being professional women both in and out of the workplace. I am your host, Rita Pierre, CEO and founder of Frida Women NYC, a fashion brand that sets out to motivate and instill confidence in professional women. So today... As bittersweet as it is for me to say this, this is our last episode in Season 1, Frida's World. I'm so happy to have had the support of all of my friends and family. This definitely was a journey, and I could not have done it without you. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning in, for sharing, for commenting, for liking, for talking to your friends about it. Definitely made a difference as we progressed through the season. And we are going to be taking a two-week break, but we will be back on January 10th with new episodes. Um, you know, a new intro music. We're gonna have giveaways, there's just gonna be a lot of different aspects to Frida's World in 2018. So I definitely encourage you guys to not forget about us over the two-week break and just to come back on, on January 10th. So before I go into uh, what the show is going to be, I wanted to bring on uh, by our strategic director uh, for Freedom of NYC, Jaleesa Joseph. Jaleesa, are you here? Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. I'm here.
0: All right, great. Jaleesa is joining us through Skype from Albany. That's how dedicated she is. Hand clap. <laughs> hand clap for Jaleesa. <laughs>
1: All the way from Albany, New York. All the way.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Jalisa, for joining us. I actually was going to give you a little shout out, anyways, but since you're here, mine as well. But just wanted to thank you for all of your hard work with Frida's World. And for everything that you've done, for all the strategic planning, for all the little side text messages about what should happen this week, next week, etc. So thank you so much for being a uh, part of the Frida's World family, the Freedom Women NYC family. And I know every week we talk about and we bring up um, the Frida Women of the Week. And although you have been Freedom Women of the Week um, on our you know, on our on I think on just on the podcast as well too, and then on Instagram and our social media. But this week I just kinda wanna just, you know, now that I have you on, just kind of like uh reactivate your <laughs> Freedom <to> Women <laughs> and I see Freedom Woman of the push Week. The
1: button. I wanna yeah, Freedom push woman the of the Week again.
0: You're Freedom Woman <laughs> of the Week again. Only because you really have been such a, you know, such a intricate part of this process like even with today's topics that we're going to talk about i mean it's like hey julisa what should we talk about so you know a lot of times you know when people are not present you talk good about them but now that i have you here even though not in person but through skype just wanted to publicly acknowledge you <laughs> <What>? oh, <no. laughs> well when you come in public i'll give you flowers <laughs>
1: when i see you in person <laughs> on the podcast you have to bring me flowers now it's done i'm
0: gonna mail it to you tomorrow
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh man so yeah so i mean that actually takes care of our freedom of the week aspect but um <laughs> but Julisa, i mean i you know we're gonna get into our topic of the day but it's it's about to be christmas in literally like four days
1: i know in 2018 oh. it's
0: rearing its head in about two weeks like what is your thought process at this point about, you know, the year ending, how are you feeling? How does that make you feel?
1: Um, I mean, in and in, in I'll, I'll answer this in the context of, you know, Frito Women NYC. Um, 2017 has been a really transformative year for me. Um, I made a career change. Um, as it is, I'm about to make a second sort of career change thanks to an opportunity that's been presented to me. I got engaged. I mean, if, if 2018 is anywhere near as positive as 2017 is, I am ready. Sign me up. Give me my helmet. helmet, Shoot me down into 2018 because it really only seems like it's getting better from here, like career-wise, life-wise. Like, I'm really killing it right now. I feel like Cardi B.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because you know me. You know my personality. I'm kind of one of those people who are just like, yeah, I'm just pushing forward and I don't really celebrate any wins small wins big wins it's kind of like in my mind i'm supposed to do it so i do it anyways um uh-huh. you know i don't really care not that i don't really care much for recognition but you know people are very funny about giving recognition so i guess because i'm used to how society is with recognition i kind of just don't expect it and i don't do it for myself either as much uh, but i was talking to one of my friends the other day and you know we were having a real i guess serious convo and he's just like, you know, just tell me one positive thing that happened in 2018 or 2017 or or tell me one highlight. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's just like, wait, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I do a whole bunch of stuff and it is what it is. And he was just like that mentality. You have to like, you have to reprogram yourself. You have to transform. Do you
1: do? Yeah,
0: And you know what? I totally agreed with him because he. He was like if anything for if, for if anything it's because of the burnout aspect. He's like if you uh-huh. don't change your mindset and celebrate all of the wins, you're going to burn out. And when he said that I'm like it's so crazy you're saying that because I I'm I'm experiencing burnout in several different aspects. And so he literally was like let's role play. Ask me. I'll be Rita. What did you do for 2017? What's some of the great things you did? And he
1: listed like at least like 12 things. And you know, and you know, I, I think I think it's not just a burnout thing. I think, I think that's something that happens with, and you and I talk about both, you know, having grown up in Haitian household, talk about, um, you know, sort of the things that you realize as an adult, um, that growing up in a West Indian household, you know, really affected you. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about the other day is, you know, you don't in a Haitian household, you don't celebrate small wins, right? You don't celebrate getting an A because you're supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You don't celebrate making it to the next year because you're supposed to do that. And so there's not this, I think we're like pre-programmed because of that cultural background to not celebrate things. And when you look around and you see people, there are people out there celebrating the fact that they woke up in the morning mm-hmm. and you, they got blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one, I'll say, you know, we can, we can do a challenge for each other, which is to like list as things are happening, list the good things So yeah. that when... That question is raised, you can actually look and you can point to something.
0: I think that's really positive because I am all about going into the new year renewed and, you know, just being the best that I can be and, you know, setting realistic goals, achieving these goals and celebrating myself. I do realize that I actually don't celebrate myself at all. And so one thing I do want to do is to celebrate myself. And I feel like, you know, as time goes on and you get older, I guess maybe when you were younger, it was one of those things where it's like, you don't want to be, you know, a bragger. You don't want to feel like, you know, you don't want to act like you're all that. But it's like, if you're doing things that qualify you to be all that, then why not take the credit for being all that?
1: Right. Why do you have to be like, why is this, this mentality that you have to be modest about your success? Exactly. There's like the fear of being seen as arrogant. Yeah. And And it's like, no, but I did it. I earned it. I should be, I should feel comfortable saying I did it. Like, Omnibomb.com. Again, this is why Cardi B is my spirit animal for 2018. Let me tell,
0: she's my spirit animal, my spirit sister. <laughs> like, every day I go on Instagram and I kind of look through her, like, you know, her story and I look to see what new videos she posts. And it's funny because, you know, <laughs> being from different worlds in a sense, you know, professionally, it's, you know, people don't expect and they're like, oh, you know, all the words, all the lyrics. I'm like, yeah, because at the end of the day, what she's saying is still true. Like, her lyrics are actually. Actually real life. Um Yeah, she
1: just she ratchet. So we just got to take it and we make it clutch okay.
0: Exactly. That's it. <laughs> so today we wanted to talk a little bit bit about what's been trending in the news, right? This Amorosa fiasco. Like what Omarosa. the hell is going on with Amarosa? Like I'm a hot mess. I, I mean I knew she was a hot mess. I know she's a hot mess, but I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, what's your take on this Amorosa situation?
1: I'm going to start with this. First of all, one of my points in life for how I know somebody's a terrible person is if Robin Roberts, (laughs) multiple-time cancer survivor, does not mess with you, (laughs) you're a problem. (laughs) It's like you're actually a problem if even Robin Roberts doesn't have something nice to say about you.
0: And she has something to say about everybody. like She's like Mother Teresa on Earth.
1: Robin is lovely <laughs> uh, no but the the Omarosa thing I mean it brings up so many different issues right because I mean I never liked Omarosa because on The Apprentice she represented this very st- stereotypical angry black women mm-hmm. uh, and, and, that, and that you know and I used to think that that was a character that she played and I will give, I will, I understand reality TV is, is BS. And so I'm going to give props to anybody who manages to get on reality TV and create a platform mm-hmm. for themselves. Um, but the, the longer she's been in the, you know, quote unquote spotlight, it's clear that that's not a character. And no,
0: that's who she is.
1: That, that's who she is. And the fact that, you know, she, she's been allowed to, or she's had a platform where she can perpetuate this really detrimental, um, idea of what a black woman is and how it goes back to what we were talking about before right like people viewing you as arrogant Mm -hmm. because you're comfortable talking about your successes and the fear of that is that people will look at you like an amorosa yeah Um, especially for women like us right we're attorneys which as much as you know the lawyer field is getting browner and with more women it's still an old boys club Mm -hmm. and you know when you walk into a room and everybody else is an old white guy the only black woman that they may have seen in a professional setting may have been Omarosa. And
0: unfortunately it's true what you're saying again, because I I think, you know, back when I was, you know, coming up in this professional world and to be a black woman, I guess, you know, in America and to be one, you know, with power, one Uh of a particular, uh, you know, background feel like you had to be this, Woman who was arrogant, um, you know, did not play well with others. Social climber, doggy dog individual. Um, that's who you had to be, and so I felt like I I would see a lot of amorosas, right? And I started to think that is this who I need to be in order to be that top attorney? Like if I if I right. want to be the only the...
1: way to get ahead,
0: exactly, is to perpetuate exactly what you said, this this persona of mean girl. Uh, mean girl boss. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, because of because of people like Emma Rosa, who, you know, with, with the help of reality television has kind of put that persona more out there, um, it's become, you know, it's a little difficult for, I guess, some of us that are coming up, you know, some of us figured out early, like, okay, this is who you need to be, you don't need, or you don't need to be this particular individual, be yourself, and then just work hard. Others, though, have taken the bait And have actually, you know, become mini amorosas. And, you know, and it's, it sucks because especially I could think back, you know, in some of uh, my cases where I was against opposing counsel, who of course was older white people. They kind of expect you to be that out the gate, um, barking, biting, nasty individual. And so when they they saw that I I was, was, yeah. Yeah. They looked like Exactly. And when they saw that I was kind of like laid back in a sense, like I'll do what I have to do, but I'm also not barking and biting at everything. And so they were kind of like, who is this individual? But the danger I found in that though, is because they're only used to Black women in certain fields being either overly aggressive or, or overly passive. And because I wasn't overly aggressive, you know, all the time, I wasn't on 10 all the time, they would kind Uh of take that like, oh, well, we can maybe walk all over this one. She seems to be, you know, you know, meek and mild. And so it would cause some situations where they would try to like strike deals with me and think that I'm going to, you know, sell the case in the Uh river because they're like, well, Rita's not aggressive. She's not overly, Uh you know, so it's, it even it, causes this like weird dynamic even till today I would say in the workplace it's like you have to be either aggressive or overly passive
1: that's actually the other thing that I was gonna say is that the thing about uh, a personality a personality like Omarosa becoming the standard for black women is that I think and I do this and I used I, I try not to do it to myself but as a black woman I find that I censor myself Mm -hmm. Right, because I don't want to be viewed as the angry black woman in situations where I can rightfully be angry, I sort of pull back. Yeah, because in the back of my head is this notion that, like, if I respond, it's going to validate whatever it is that this other person I'm speaking to um, already believes about black women. And so, there's this almost like you were talking about, you know, being passive, it's censoring yourself. It's like, I can be angry in this moment, I am right to be angry in this moment any other person, any other color or gender would be angry. But because in the back of your mind, you're thinking about this stereotype, you censor yourself and you, you end up, I think in a lot of situations, you end up causing harm to your own professional ability to move forward. And so, you know, the, the Omarosa thing or the stereotypical angry black woman thing, it cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that she's Continually got a pla- you know. Continually gotten a platform, and then tried to pretend that she's helping her. What did she say it the other day? Her quote unquote community. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, what community is she referring to? Because from what <laughs> I understand, most—I mean—and I could be wrong, but most of the people that I interact with, you know, when we bring up Amorosa, they're not necessarily Team Amorosa. They actually find her to be coonish. I mean, to be very but, honest.
1: She's a dark-skinned Stacey Dash. Mercy. <laughs> okay. They, they realized, you know, they needed somebody who looked a little more down in the hopes that we would buy that person's bullshit. Yeah. So, it was, okay, we're gonna find, like, she's a dark person. She's a dark-skinned Stacey Dash. Like, somebody that, and this is exactly what has happened, is that the Trump White House has sort of trotted her out every time they, they need to have a Black person moment. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, they, you know, I think if they had done a little more research or at least checked the polls, the, you know, the, what is it? The. I, them,
1: you know they don't get it. they like, the we, poll- we got a black person.
0: They would have been able to see that, hey, maybe this is not the right black person that we need to make part of the Rainbow Coalition.
1: I mean, but the thing is, like, sheesh they, they don't care, right? Like, oh, we, we, I think we, you know, we've all accepted that the the Trump White House does not care about brown people and women or anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think in her position especially as a black woman who've, who's attained some measure of, of fame or infamy depending on how you feel about her the fact that she would even accept that that job that is clearly a tokenism type job mm-hmm. like it's clearly a you know tr- it, it, even I, I thought it was really funny when i heard or read i can't remember which one the white house response to her being fired and the fact that they were losing um the only staffer of color at that level. Mm-hmm. And the response was basically like, oh, well we have Ben Carson. Mercy. It was like, oh, we have the other black person. It's cool. Like, And so I can't, I, I can't respect her or any person in that position who would um, allow themselves to be that. And I mean, you know, it's not like she's somebody who doesn't have any means. It's not like, you know, the woman who has no other job and so she has to take the, the crappy job, right? Like that's not who we're talking about. You took that knowing that they'd use you and you were fine with it because you would get to use them back, but call it what it is. You wanted the check and you got it. You wanted it by any means necessary. Call up Chrisette Michelle. Y'all could cry about it together. (laughs)
0: Um, So, I mean, what is your take on, I guess, the divide right between women in the black community, Um, you know, with everything that's happened with Armorosa, knowing who she is, what she stands for, um, there are still a lot of women who sympathize with her. And, you know, now that she's fallen off of, I don't even know if it's grace, if that's what you want to call it. But now that she's, you know, no longer in this position that she's in, you know, some women are kind of like, well, you know, let's, you know, we, we shunned her you know, for, for the right reasons. But now that she's on the floor, let's not kick her anymore. Let's pick her up and bring her home.
1: No, they trying to invite her back to the barbecue. I'm not with it. (laughs) And why, and why aren't you with
0: it? Like, why doesn't Amarosa deserve an opportunity? Maybe she, maybe now she's seen the error of her ways. And now with this public shaming, if that even is a public shaming, I st- I still can't peg the situation. But let's say it was a public shaming. She fell from from grace, or I don't know, the dark cloud, whatever. She fell, and now
1: Just throw out all the metaphors.
0: <laughs> now you know, as a fallen sister, at the end of the day, she's still a sister. Should we rally around Amorosa, and you know, kind of like nurture her and bring her now- in?
1: Nope. I am going to say what is one of my new favorite phrases. I've heard it before, but for some reason in the last like two months, I've been saying it a lot and I'm going to say it now. All skin folk ain't kin folk. Okay. Okay. I like that. That's a a
0: hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) All skin folk ain't kin
1: folk. Really? (laughs) I don't know where I picked it up from, but for the last two weeks, or several months it's just been it's been a great response to some of these things that are happening um and so to answer your question in a, in a less of a hashtag way <laughs> uh, i i think that as 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 black women it, it's already like there's already this feeling of like we have to hold each other up right because mm-hmm. everybody else is already putting us down Right. And especially yeah. if you're a, a black woman with a certain education and, you know, a certain position, you you want to make sure because the woman on the ladder behind you, you want to pull her up. Right. And I think that, that that's, you know, we can have a whole conversation about how um, society doesn't discuss the fact that black women are always pulling the next woman and yeah. the next person up. Um, but the thing about Omarosa and the reason why she can't come to the barbecue you know, she has, I I don't think that being Black means you have to do things for the Black community. If that's not your calling, cool. Go ahead. Make your money. Okay. I'm not going to hate on you. I agree on that. Don't, don't walk around claiming that you're doing things for the Black community when in fact you're harming that community. You're doing the exact opposite. Like don't, I'd rather you not do anything don't help with somebody like donald trump that's not the help i want Mm -hmm. and so i don't i don't feel the need to invite her back i don't feel the need and i i I wouldn't want to see sort of this opening of arms and accepting her back into the fold because i think one of the things that i try and um speak to myself about and that i think black women should do a little bit more is being the better person doesn't mean I got to let you back into my fold. doesn't mean I have to give you another opportunity to hurt me. I can forgive you and keep you outside of the fold. So I'm not, I think it's it's dangerous to celebrate the downfall of Omarosa as mm-hmm. black women, because you no, know, it is a great example of how easy it is to fall if you're a black woman. And even think- if we, even if we liked her.
0: And I think that but, is a good, a good, um, a good comment because I feel like I, I do feel like Emma Rosa thought that she might have been invincible because she was. The t- I think she definitely relished in the tokenism effect.
1: Yes, she's, um, you know, oh, Amarosa is the black friend when racist people be like, "I got a black friend." <laughs> she's that black friend. <laughs> she's the one black she, friend. She, yes, she's the black friend who like lets you say the n word around them. Mm-hmm. And doesn't doesn't correct the terrible things she hears. Like she she that girl, and like if 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 even a single a single anything had been done in the Trump White House to make us believe that that administration and by by connection Omarosa right because that was her job. If even a single thing had been done in a positive light in that administration, um towards black people, I might've been a little bit more forgiving, but like Donald Trump attacked a civil war, like a civil rights hero. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to be the black friend that stops them. And is like, wait a minute, don't do that now. And it's true. Like why,
0: no. Mm -mm. I think a lot of people, I mean, in going along what you're saying, it's that, you know, she kind of was, not kind of, she was the enabler, right? to the, you know, the blatant anti-Black regime that Donald Trump is still, you know, still perpetuating. So in so, with that respect, yeah, I think, you know, there are, I, I don't know how many Black people are in the White House, to be very honest, and I probably should do more research on that, but I feel like... The only, she was the only
1: upper level staffer.
0: So with her, like that, that was her, you know, if you're going to be in be in but be positive you know be a positive um addition even though it's hard yeah. to say you know anything positive with that administration but you know as being a black woman in that type of position she should not have been an enabler with everything that was going on she should have been like you said that person who stood up and was like no like this is not what's like i would have and i need to i guess to look in there's so many theories as to why she was let go i guess but I would have preferred that she was um, terminated, discharged or whatever, for standing up for the black community yep. in, the po- in a positive way, standing up for immigrant rights, standing up for whatever anti-whatever that, you Just know, not
1: letting her boss yeah. call Nazis good people. Like, if she could have done that, we'd be okay. I might. I wouldn't invite her to the barbecue, but I'd pass her a piece of chicken over the gate. Yeah.
0: I would definitely make a doggy bag and throw it over.
1: <laughs> just toss it over. Like, <laughs> I, I think it, it's you you can't just walk around with with the title and 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 think that you're gonna make people believe that your title means you actually did anything. You you didn't.
0: Yeah. In fact, I think she actually wrote on the coattails of all the negativity to get she to was. where she was she definitely jumped on the bandwagon so all the anti-immigrant sentiment all of the you know racist remarks the islamophobia i think she actually used that to get to you know to basically gain more power and so yeah. it's just disgusting um i mean it's disgusting i mean there's nothing there's nothing more to say about that i guess it's just yeah, disgusting yeah there's, there's, there's
1: no but there's no extra it's just
0: but it is interesting how you know there seems to be this interesting di- divide now with you know amongst the black women the black community like you know should we should we give her an invitation to the cookout or should we? Right, where do we put her? Where do we put her? I don't think that. I mean, as funny as it is for me to, you know, see, you know, the memes and everything about her, I don't know if we should necessarily delight in her demise and, you know, you know, jump for joy. It's still <laughs> it, because at the end of the day, it's still a disgrace to our community. Um,
1: Absolutely, and I think the thing about jumping for joy with Omarosa is, and the reason I'm really careful with it is. I, I don't want people outside of our community mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, to to think that they can delight in that. Yeah, right. That that's a different situation when when some of the more conservative factions uh, of the world start delighting in that. Right, like when Robin Roberts says bye, Felicia. <laughs> that's one conversation. When Fox and Friends mm-hmm. delight that's another conversation. Yeah. And it's... Right? it's I'm, I'm, I'm not going to open the door for those people to use this as an excuse to not hire the next Black woman. Yeah.
0: And I think that's your right uh, or you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's funny. I mean, sidebar, I'm always... Trying to give these, you know, little, little metaphors, <laughs> but my Haitian background keeps jumping in. Like I keep, <laughs> I keep mixing these things up. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a a, 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 skip in the park. I'm like, Oh, it's a walk in the park. Like not a skip in, in the, the park. park. So no, but, yeah. I just
1: love sidebar only attorneys halt a conversation with <laughs> sidebar. On a that is true. <laughs>
0: I, I I reserve my decision, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I believe that is the correct way to say it. Somebody will will check me if it's not. But you hit the nail on the head by saying, uh, by making that that statement that the 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 bigger issue here is not really about um, you know laughing at Amorosa and you know making fun of her her plight, but it's doing so. And signaling to the others that, hey, you guys can join in on the laughter too, and they're not going to interpret it. like Me and you can have this conversation, and we can talk about Amorosa, and we can laugh and buy Felicia, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. with my white counterparts, the older white men, um, you know, the white community in general, I can't have this same discussion because their thought process is going to be totally different. And now, I've tainted the pool right by engaging in this conversation with them because now like you said the next black person might have an even harder time or not get a chance at all to move forward
1: right because you're gonna be the next you.
0: and because they don't know how to how to separate right they don't know how to separate black people like good black people versus bad black people black
1: women are black women are all the same yeah i mean we're all one person we all look the same
0: we're all felicia we're all Felicia. <laughs> we're all Felicia.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying you can't pronounce. It's sad, It's
0: sad though, but we're all Felicia. We really are because I don't know how many times I've been um, mistaken for another individual who looked nothing like me, um, but, but they were black and they were female.
1: As strategic director, I'm a plug to one of the older episodes. You did mention that in one of the older episodes, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that, You bump into, and I've been living in Albany now for um, just about a year, and and take it for granted I went to law school out here, but, like, the amount of people that I've run into who have shaken my hand and been like, oh, yeah, we met at so-and-so two years ago, and I'm like, I wasn't here two years ago, (laughs) and, like, I'm always like, do I shame them, or do I just say nothing? And most of the time, I'm like, no, I wasn't here. You didn't meet me. Yeah.
0: No. And you have to, you know why? Because it's like, you can't allow this privilege to like flourish because it is a privilege, right? That you don't have to know who I am and don't have to decipher, you know, between Julissa and Rita. For me, I
1: can't. All the Nicholas's straight. Yeah. If you you tell the difference between me and somebody else.
0: (laughs) I don't remember what what show? Or no, I think it was I can't remember her name, but the but um Crazy Eyes from um yes, Orange of the New yes, Black I know exactly Yeah that you're interview about. when she was talking about her childhood and how she wanted to have you know to change her name and her mom was like if they can say Tchaikovsky, they can yep, sure as hell say, say your name. Sure. And I'm like, you know what, that's so true. And I'm like, if you know that Bob is Bob and Matthew is Matthew, why? And there's sometimes there's three Christies and you know each and every Christie, and you know each and every Christie's business.
1: Yeah. You know which Christie likes to be called Christina, yeah. which one likes to be called Tina. After I, the it, first it, orientation. T- 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 <laughs> like not
0: even lifelong friends. So I mean that's a you know, a little digression from the from the convo a little bit, but it's 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 true. I think we have to like hold people accountable. And you, and before we got on the call, you know, we were talking about um, valuing yourself, right? As an employee. And I think a little of this goes into that, right? Like, when somebody calls you by the wrong name, or when somebody tries to downplay your work, like you standing up and saying, hi, no, actually, my name is so and so or how I actually know this was the project that I did and putting yourself out there, advocating for yourself in the workplace and not being, you know, not being meek, not being silent and not being, you know, too reserved, not,
1: let, not letting yourself be run over. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. I will, when I started up here in Albany, one of the reasons that I was willing to come out here was it was an opportunity to work in a smaller city with a woman mayor. Mm-hmm. And, um, She's a woman mayor who, um, you know, is the first woman mayor in Albany for, I, for in ever, basically. Mm-hmm. And watching her and speaking to her and learning from her in this last year has, has sort of um, bolstered all the things that I had already heard and I had already been taught, but hadn't been utilizing because of the fear of being, you know, deemed as arrogant or, um, you know, thinking too highly of myself. Um, and I had the situation that you're talking about. Basically, um, I was given an opportunity to move up into a different position. And before I did that, I told my boss, uh, you know, basically, you know, I'll stay here if you're willing to match the money. You know, and I, I gave him a rundown of exactly what I did and you know, why it was why I thought that I deserved more money. And so he said no. So I took the other position. And then after I won a series of great decisions on motions, he came back trying to get me to change my mind. And it was like validation of, I told you that I was worth more and you didn't take me seriously. And at the time that I was doing it, I knew that it was a little bit of a risk, but it was more important to me. And I'm glad I did it because I'd rather, I'd rather lose out. On an opportunity, or be deemed as too arrogant, than stay somewhere where I'm not valued. Yeah. Um, or stay somewhere where you know somebody doesn't realize my value, and I think that's not. I think it's we have to be careful, um, and what we're, we're saying is black women, but I think women generally, um, we have to be careful to avoid devaluing ourselves before we even speak up. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I feel.
1: Too many situations where you don't even bother speaking up because you're like, "Oh, well, they're not gonna hear me anyway." Yeah,
0: we take ourselves out of the race before you know they even shoot the gun. Like,
1: like why? I and think, I, I
0: think a lot of it, that just comes from our. A lot of that comes from our upbringing. Some of us, at least, yeah. Um, you know, just doing what you're told, not expect, you know, being. I mean, I guess for me, I feel like you know I always did what I had to do, but i I always like I maybe I was too logical for my own good. So you know you just start this this thing where you just start thinking things out, right? like well, you know, I could do this. However, there are like five candidates that have, you know, five years experience on me. And they went to Harvard. They went to this. So you, some people, at least, at least I know I, I used to do that a lot, is you start using, like, facts to, like, discount That's, you, right? And so you're yeah, like, Yeah, you pull well, yourself
1: out. You're like, exactly. nope, I'm not qualified. And, yeah. Or, nope, I can't speak up for myself. And I, um, it's, it's. I think it's, the problem is that it, it's scary. It you know, it's, it's really scary. It's like to stand up to someone who, um, is and usually right older mm-hmm. than you, who's mm-hmm. usually a man, um, and to have the, you know, and I'm going to use this word because I, I'm sure that's how a lot of people view it, but to have the audacity to ask for what you're worth. I think it's because a confidence issue that, too.
0: The lack of confidence, I think, uh, plays a huge role. So there's the scared aspect of it right just the fear of the unknown or or you know going into uncharted territories but then there's also the confidence level like you don't have so you might even have the skills you might actually have the experience on paper and the skills and all that other stuff but you don't have the confidence to move forward Uh,
1: um, and so that was that was my big learning lesson of 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 2017 was like looking at the, the women around me and like watching how they value themselves. And, you know, I have, I have amazing friends. I have, I have Mm -hmm. great bosses. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, people who tell me like, you know, value yourself, Mm -hmm. consider yourself. um, You know, how much are you worth? How much work are you putting in? Um, And when somebody, when somebody questions that value, be prepared to back it up with facts like be perfect be prepared to show your games like why are you worth more
0: mm-hmm. so keeping um, a track check- like we were talking about earlier keeping a track well one yep. celebrating your wins and then keeping track of your wins
1: right what are your wins um and I think that, you know too often like you know when a boss asks you you know what have you done this year you you can't answer because like you were saying you think it's just regular regular mm-hmm. like yes you worked 20 hours more than your next colleague, but you're like, oh, well, yeah, of course I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to work hard. Like that's that's a job requirement. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm all about, you know, 2018 is the year of, of speaking up for yourself and the year of, um, you know, daring to do things that you're not supposed to do.
0: Defying the odds, daring greatly having the audacity to do so as well. I think audacity, we need to kind of take away that negative connotation that lies within that word and make it a positive. Maybe that's a campaign we'll start. you know, because we're all about starting these campaigns, but I think that... that
1: nipple campaign.
0: Yes. <laughs> but I definitely think, like, changing the mindset, changing the understanding of that word audacity and making it into a positive thing, like, you know, have the audacity to ask for the raise that you were probably owed, you know, uh, have the audacity to, you know, change change professions, change positions, mm-hmm. you know, especially, I think, as attorneys, We end up in this weird, you know, we went to school for so many years to be an attorney. And now that we're an attorney, it's like, well, we just have to do this. And that's that. Meanwhile, you know, your skills and your talents are leading you elsewhere.
1: But, you know,
0: you're stubborn to the profession because of everything that you went through just to get there. So it's, you know.
1: Yeah. You resist it. Exactly. You resist new opportunities. And I, I, when I... The new opportunity that I'm getting ready to start, I, I almost, I found myself in the position where I was talking myself out of it. Because mm-hmm. I, like, I went to law school planning to be a prosecutor, mm-hmm. and so even if I leave prosecution, I should always be a litigator. Yeah, because that's what I worked towards. Those are the skills I have. And so when I was offered a position that didn't necessarily utilize those skills, my first thought, if I'm being honest with myself and with the podcast listeners. Was well. I don't have those skills. I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, why am I? Somebody else pointed to me and said, "I want you to do this." And they don't even know the—they don't even know the extent of the work that I've done. Mm -hmm. So how? Why am I discounting myself when this person isn't exactly? It's tough. It's tough. We live in a—we live in a society that constantly tells us, as generally as women that you know, we're, we're basically, we're not worth anything, even though we literally populate the world. Um, and we live in a society where as, um, you know, black women, we are constantly dealing with these negative images of ourselves, even as in reality, black women are only doing better. We're winning. We're winning. And yet we are still faced with these like BS stereotypes. And I'm like, what, what is the last statistic that black women are the most educated? Um, most educated. We
0: own the most businesses.
1: And it's like, how are we, how are we still counting ourselves out when it is clear? I mean, we save entire states. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Alabama.
0: You know, I, shout out to Keisha.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, we voted for Hillary. Um so how is it that we are, you know, why do we keep discounting ourselves? Why do we keep counting ourselves out when there's already so many other people who are trying to count us out? Like why are we helping them?
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with um us not really playing well with each other. I mean, I think there are a lot of positive um examples of women working together. I you know, the women empowerment movement is definitely moving forward. You know, we're, you know, it's 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 a beautiful thing. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we have all these reality TV shows that show women not playing well with each other. We have women in professional landscapes that are not playing well with each other. And and you know, we don't celebrate ourselves, but to be very honest. Um, a lot of times, you know, women we work with, women we, we're on committees with or whatever, they don't celebrate us. They'll see you doing all of this hard work and not even say good job or thank you or anything like that. So it's like we're all supposed to be working together to kind of change the narrative about Black women and to highlight that, hey, we actually are a big deal. We're major contributors in, you know, the e- economics of this world. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, one thing, and I guess we could talk about this in another podcast, but, um, you know, just talking about, you know, we're talking about bosses and, you know, white male bosses, but there are many situations where your Latina boss, your black boss is your biggest roadblock. And it's, it's- maybe it's because they don't, they see your potential and they don't want you coming after their job. I don't know if that's what it is. But, like I said, this will definitely be for another podcast, but I think that has something to do with it, too. A lot of times, you know, the haters, you know, are among us. They're
1: your fault.
0: Yeah. So I think that definitely plays some part in why, you know, although we're winning on paper, in a sense, the mentality is amongst us, at least. Like, we're still... We're still not as confident. We're still, you know, discounting ourselves because, you know, as there as are it, roadblocks and, yeah. and
1: barriers, and it's, it's it's yeah exhausting.
0: And we don't help each other. We, re- I mean, we, we we amongst our circles. But I would probably say, for every one friend who's really helping out another friend, there are three haters.
1: <laughs> there are three. But I think- I think the way to answer that is is something that I've seen you do is to create these small groups of, of black women that you you enjoy working with or black women that you enjoy giving an opportunity like create you know find these groups find these circles where you can have a positive impact like Find a, a black woman who you know who does something similar to your job, so that when, you know, when somebody's looking for a contractor, you can call her up and say, "Hey, listen, mm-hmm. I have this girl in my circle who can do this job."
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely how, and I I, I am seeing a lot more you know, groups, women empowerment groups, you know, flourishing and sprouting out. The one thing that I always, you know, think about when I see these groups, though, is that, you know, women empowerment has become this like sexy term. It's become this, it's almost becoming cliche, to be very Mm -hmm. honest, because I feel like, you know, everybody's trying to empower and everybody's trying to, you know, be the first group to do X, Y, and Z, but... You know, within women empowerment, there's transparency. And I always say that you can't have women empowerment uh, without transparency. And I think that one thing that could help us, and including me, you know, be more confident and be more of a risk taker when it comes to, you know, the professional world is to share, you know, the war stories, right? Like, especially with these older women who, you know, should be serving as mentors. They, you know, instead of, you know, either reprimanding or, you know, just being, you know, the boss in a sense that like, I'm here and you're there, they should take, you know, people under their wings, even if it's not under their wings, but they should have these positive conversations like, hey, sister, I know you just started this job, right? Let me let's let's have lunch. Let me find out. What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go? Okay, you're trying to continue to grow, you know, you want to continue growing in this business. Let me tell you how I got to where I got. Let me share you uh, you know, some of my war stories in this field. Because sometimes, you know, you go through things and that's part of the discounting of yourself, right? Because you're like, man, I messed up, I did this, and you and you take it so hard and you internalize it and it it affects the way you move forward because now you're like oh man i'm never going to be able to do this cuz this is what i did having right, that,
1: so that person that one time
0: yeah and so having that person that that's already there that's been there several years before you or who happens to be a female boss you know having a seeing this and having the conversation with you definitely makes i think would make the world of a difference as opposed to being that boss to further
1: put you down and we've seen right. a that's, lot of those bosses. That's why it's so important to have, you know, it goes, it, now it's like, you know, representation, women bosses, um, black women bosses. Like, mm-hmm. And when you, when you see a woman, you know, make, and you see a woman in a similar position as you make a mistake, you know, dust herself off and get back up. That makes you think, all right, well, next time I make a mistake, mm-hmm. exactly. I gotta do is dust myself off. And get back up instead of discounting myself. and I, I will say, you know I, I am currently in a a good place where i I'm surrounded by a lot of women in in higher up positions and I've you know I, I've been sort of, i want to say, you know pushed in a direction to to be to to be a little bit better. you know i'm 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 looking at all these women who are managing to or who are managing people and who are in management positions and they they aren't aren't expecting um, my sort of, you know, oh, well, I can't do this. And it's like, no, yes, you can. I'm going to make you do it. Yeah, You're going to do it.
0: And that's what we need more of, I think. I mean, Mm -hmm. 2018 definitely, like you said earlier, it's going to be an amazing year. And, you know, it's crazy enough, after speaking to my friend and, you know, kind of really sitting down and saying, you know what, Rita, like, he's right. Like you have to take more, um, more steps towards celebrating your wins and acknowledging the things that you do and not, and being unapologetic about it. So, you know, if people want to think you're arrogant because you're tooting your own horn, go ahead and, but, um, and do that. And
1: It's to basically just be Cardi B. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think going into 2018, you know, with so much of, so much positive, um, you know, outcomes out of, you know, obviously there were, there were low aspects, right? There were some, some sad moments, there were some hard moments, but I think overall, if we're going to do a year end review, 2017 was, was a pretty good year. And so I think moving forward, you know, looking at the wins, understanding that we do have work to do, you know, with the way that we evaluate our lives, evaluate situations, that it's always a growing process. I -hmm. think 2018, we could definitely make a lot of positive changes, both personally and, you know, for our community at large. Hashtag truth. And, you know, and (laughs) I don't know what 2018 will bring for (laughs) Amarosa. But, uh, you know, even, even in her, I mean, I'm not inviting her to the... Cookout. I'm not even. I'm at this point. I'm still not even sure if I'm gonna uh, give her a doggy bag over the gate. But nope, she gotta be hungry. But you know, I do hope that maybe this fall from, I don't know, the dark cloud will maybe you know awaken something in her, and hopefully, I mean, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't know how old she is, but I, I it, it doesn't look like she's the changing type. But you know. I-
1: you're such a better person than me. Just you because know. I'm just like, I don't never want to see her again. She better not ever show her face around you. Oh, man. Robin Roberts has already decreed. I
0: know, right?
1: She's decreed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a God fearing person. I guess I'm going to have to just throw her out in prayer <laughs> and ho- and hope that she changes her ways. Jesus.
1: <laughs> Robin Roberts said it best by Felicia. By Felicia.
0: She's,
1: like, ain't nobody buying your book. Ain't nobody watching your TV show. Because I'm sure she's going to pop up trying to be the next Wendy Williams. Of
0: course. She's definitely going
1: to... She's probably going to start a podcast. Probably going to start a podcast. I'm sure she's going to pop up as a contributor on Fox News. Of course. She's going to have an opportunity to spew more of her BS. Her and propaganda. she'll get paid for it. Yeah, but again, I, I go back to the feeling of like, if you were just doing a job for the check, I can respect that more than you lying directly to people's yeah. faces. Say you're doing it for the check. We all got to eat.
0: <laughs> Do we not? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so boy.
1: Judge you, but I might be a little bit more kind.
0: Just a little. Mm. <laughs> Either way. Oh, man. So we definitely had a great time great chat i think we covered a lot of solid ground today um well
1: all over the place much like my brain usually is
0: yeah but you know what at the end of the day like this is the reality right like you know this podcast from its inception we said it was going to be about real issues real women you know professional women and you know our crazy lives and Sometimes we are all over the place. (laughs) And but I think we were all over the place in a succinct manner, as oxymoronish as that (laughs)
1: sounds. (laughs) It was still the place organized. We still
0: kind of hit, you know, important topics. You know, we talked about the year and you know, as this being the last episode of season one, you know, wrapping it up on a good note. Talking about some of the trends and then kind of like giving some nuggets for, you know, 2018. So I think we were pretty productive um, on this show. We really were. And I definitely am looking forward to what we come up with um, for season two. I know we have a lot of ideas. Um, there'll be some new changes into Frida's world. So, you know, we're wrapping this episode up episode 12 season one, but we are planning, planning, planning for season two. And this is the time, any feedback that anybody wants to give, um, any comments or whatever, you know, send them to info at Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, womennyc.com. Again, info at FridaWomenNYC.com. Or you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you could comment in the comment sections under any of these pictures, whatever, or any of, or on Facebook, you can just go on to the group, like us, um, and put put your comment there. But definitely like, subscribe, comment on all of our social media. Share with your friends in order for us to, you know, bring new concepts, new content. Improve. We need the feedback. Constructive feedback is always um, acceptable, right, Jalisa?
1: <laughs> sure is. All day, every day. Let us know how you feel. Yeah, seriously. Um, but thank you
0: again, Jalisa, for you know, uh, tuning in. And chiming in on all these issues that we talked about today, just being part of the Frida World family. I'm really glad we got this Skype thing working. <laughs> this was Thank a struggle you for and having me. <laughs> of um, course, and we totally appreciate you. As I said, I'm never going to stop saying it, but we totally appreciate all your efforts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do what I can. I'd like to end my interview with a quote from. One of my favorite poets. Of course, you
0: would do this. (laughs) I want to end my interview.
1: (laughs) Go ahead, Julissa. (laughs) You know, a a true trailblazer um, and a tortured artist. Um, And I think, as as women on the on the topic of this entire show, and specifically this episode, we need to say this line to ourselves more often. And it goes, "My presence." is a present. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye
0: West? Are you quoting Kanye, Kanye West on the podcast, Jalisa? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but you He's know what, though?
1: Every morning.
0: You know what, though? It That is a uh, mantra. That is a mantra. And I think that that is the <laughs> mantra for... <laughs> I don't even know what to say about your Kanye quote. But... It definitely is a mantra though and I think that that should be the 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 quote for the women empowerment movement from Jesus himself. You're welcome. <laughs> good night. On, on that note, uh, good night everyone. Again, thank you for listening to season 1 episode 12 of Frida's World podcast and as we are in the holiday season, Christmas season, go onto our website www.fridawomennyc and make a purchase, get your brooch, get a nice set of pearls, get a bracelet, you know, look out for our, you know, Christmas discounts, Christmas season discounts, but it's the holiday season, guys. You you have a grandmother, you have a, you have a wife, you have a child, you have a girlfriend, Go on to the website, check, check us out. If there's something that you don't see and you're like, hey, why doesn't why doesn't Freedom Women NYC have this item? Send us a comment and we'll see what we could do. But definitely check us out on the website. And also we have a blog um, page on there too where you can find out about our social impact initiative, brooches for books. You could see, you know, what we're up to, what networking events we have cooking. So definitely go on to the website, you know. Check it out. And I think that's it, Jaleesa. Thank you and good night. Good night, everyone. See you in 2018. Happy new year.